and gentlemen, and good morning to you. Yes, you amazing person listening to B2B Breakfast to Business. Happy Saturday. I'm Bea Lim, your morning girl and the managing director of Team Asia, bringing you another hip and happening episode in our weekly podcast. And we are here to talk about a topic that is super cool, super relevant, and something that is really close to our hearts because Team Asia is women-owned and women-led. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now, the last two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, we've heard from the change evangelist himself, Malik Parekh, on his book, Future Proof Your Career and Company. Just last week, we talked about, you know, accepting world changes, really looking into the dynamics of what we can do to be able to really push for positive change in our world today as we get continuously disrupted by all of these world changes. He also said last, um, last week that we need to be able to say no more to the things that are happening around us that we do not agree with or that we feel is unfair. Because being part of the solution and pushing for positive change is what we can do to actually future-proof ourselves, whether it's our career, our company, or our life. And we were super inspired by that, that we really thought, you know what, saying no more and speaking up is something that is super important. We are all change evangelists and agents of positive change. What we need to do is to be part of the solution, and the first step in being part of that solution is speaking up. Now, speaking of speaking up, we have a riveting topic today on women talking about one of the greatest things in the world. If not the greatest, it is the greatest. Motherhood, right? Gone are the days when we keep quiet and still about topics that affect women when it comes to motherhood. Things are not swept under the rug anymore, thank goodness, because women have become more open and more vocal about the realities mothers face in bringing up their kids, bringing up their communities, and creating a pathway for themselves and their careers. So Team Asia is organizing MamaCon 2020, a virtual conference and positive safe space for moms to talk, share, and exchange ideas on wins and issues for moms, especially in the now normal. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk shop, we will talk home, we will talk legal, we will talk mental health, we will talk personal and self-care, we will talk you. And we cannot wait to share this space with you guys on November 28 and 29. But since we couldn't stop talking about it and we couldn't wait to start talking about the topics that we have in store for you guys, we wanted to give you a sneak peek into what you will be experiencing at this year's MamaCon together with two of our power women, our super women who are with us here today. And I'm super excited, guys, to be introducing you to two of our speakers, two women that we are so honored to have here and who have inspired so many people in their lives. First up, we have Miss Kate Bellucilio. Um, uh, we call her at Team Asia our Tita Kate, or we also know her as Mommy Kate. Kate's life purpose is to nurture people to greatness so together they can transform the world. That's no motherhood statement. That's a simple truth about GM Kate, mom of eight, and country head of Kayani Philippines, Inc. Last year, she was awarded by the Princess of Thailand as one of the top 10 
empowered Filipino entrepreneurs by the ASEAN Women's Entrepreneurs Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kate Bellucilio. Hi, Kate. Good morning. Hi, Bea. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be with you this bright and shiny morning. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Kate. Can't wait to talk motherhood and to talk shop with you. All right, our next speaker and our next guest is Miss Gina Romero, an unconventional entrepreneur and community builder. Gina Romero was a founding member of the Athena Network um, in the United Kingdom Women's Business Network in 2005 and went on to be the operations director in 2008. After relocating to Singapore with her family in 2011, Gina launched the Athena Network Singapore. And now she is, um, in 2016, she set her heart on helping Filipino women and move to the Philippines. In 2017, she co-founded Connected Women Jobs, a social impact tech startup that matches talented Filipino women with meaningful remote work opportunities. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Gina Romero in the house. Hi, Gina. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. No, so excited to have you here as well, Gina, and to learn more about what you do to empower women in their journey um, through Connected Women as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I've got two super women in the house. I am super excited, as you guys can hear in my voice. Um, but yes, I wanted to ask them a lot of questions on on um, motherhood, on um, uh, being super women and empowering fellow women to take charge of their lives and move us forward. So once again, Kate and Gina, thank you so much for being here today. And I can't wait for our listeners to, um, uh, to get to know you guys better. So maybe what I can do first is um, uh, to just check in with you guys. Um, how have you been and how have you coped with this global health crisis? Let's start first with you, Mommy Kate. Okay. Um, well, the, the pandemic caught all, us, all of us by surprise. And when our country went into lockdown in March, the first thing that I had to do as country head was to keep our people safe. That was very important. So we had to make sure that everyone was safe. We divided the teams so some would work from home and others will man the office and uh, make sure that all the protocols were observed. Uh, but more importantly, what was important was how to stay connected to our business partners, especially since they're so used to the high touch, you know, in-person type of uh, meetings. Uh, how do we pivot them to the online uh, virtual meetings? Now, that was uh, like a challenge to all of us. But I think one of the traits of a Kayani leader is resiliency and the ability to adapt to what is there, you know, to look for uh, the opportunity in the crisis situation. And so um, I'm happy to share with you that uh, we were able to get back on track, you know, uh, our sales. That's uh, something I'm going to reveal during our, our conference, how our sales bounce back in the months of, uh, I think that was uh, May and uh, April and May. Uh, June, July, and then remain strong. And then this October, 
we are number three for the first time in the history of Kayani Philippines, number three in the world of Kayani. We are 60 countries of Kayani worldwide. And our tiny island nation, the Philippines, is number three. That is really an honor for all of us to have reached that kind of an achievement in these difficult times. Congratulations. So if they want to know more, they'll have to catch our convention. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'd love for folks to know more about your story as well as Kayani Philippines. I'm so proud of you guys. And congratulations for this amazing milestone, Mommy Kate. Thank you. Thank you, Bea. So I hope everybody will tune back in on the 28th, 29th, right? We're going to make sure. We're going to make sure that they're there. All right. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. How about you, Gina? How have you been? Um, how have you coped with this global health crisis? And how is Connected Women? So, well, we all, we all started out with shock, I think. Shock and disbelief. You know, it's something that happens elsewhere, right? Normally, you watch and sympathize with other countries when stuff like this happens. But it suddenly become became apparent, I think, to everyone that this was... This was hitting everyone. I mean, all over the world, no one was safe. Of course, the initial shock was there. Um, and then that sinking, sudden um, descent into despair when we all realized that this was, this was major. It wasn't just a couple of weeks. In fact, we had the Connected Women's first ever conference um, supposed to happen like the week, the week after the lockdown was announced. So at that point, we were still toying, like, should we really cancel it? Is it really that bad? Um, and then all of a sudden it escalated, isn't it? And then it became, um, you know, we went into this um, Philippines lockdown and other countries were locking down. But I guess as a team, we were kind of prepared for working from home because we're a fully remote team. Yeah. So that's what we do. That's what we advocate for. But um, as a community, we're not we're not remote. We, we have meetups that happen all over the Philippines. We have 76 chapters in the Philippines where our members physically meet every six weeks to support each other. We have international chapters. Um, so all of a sudden, everything came to a, you know, to, to a halt. And we had to decide, like, well, what are we going to do? You know, members were all messaging me, asking me, what do we do? And I'm thinking, why are you asking me? I'm not the leader. Oh, wait, I am the leader. I need an answer. It's, it's been hard. I think a lot of leaders um, have felt this sort of challenge where people were reaching out asking what to do. And we actually probably have no idea because this has never happened before. I think for me, that was one of the challenges. I had to really step up and actually be a leader at that point. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, Gina, because, you know, we were... We were all experiencing it together as a community. Like, you know, we weren't just experiencing it as companies or associations or communities, right? Like Team Asia, Kayani, and Connected Women, you know, as women leaders. We weren't just experiencing the pandemic to take care of people, to make sure that our businesses were sustainable and thriving in this global pandemic, but we were also actually experiencing it personally and how, you know, we were also taking care of our families and how worried we were about our own lives and livelihood and, and, and you know, looking for answers when really the reality was that there were no answers, not yet at least, you know, there were a lot of things that had to like happen and, and that we had to like sort of like, you know, have it unravel as we went along. So I totally agree with you that, you know, it's been tough, it's been rough, but like, what Mommy Kate also said earlier, um, there was a lot also of, we saw a lot of resiliency and people really grabbing opportunities to make sure that we were able to not only hold on 
right? But to also thrive in this um, COVID-19 situation. So thank you so much, Gina, for sharing your story. And thank you so much also to Mommy Kate. Now, today's topic, motherhood. <laughs> um, so I'm not a mom, um, uh, but I have an awesome mom. And I have always been inspired by her story. Um, this Mama Con that we've put together is really to gather you know, women, women to talk about the things that we don't normally get to air out in the open. And I felt that, you know, you guys are two of the perfect people to be able to talk about this, not only to talk about what motherhood is like, but to actually really draw out, you know, the wins, the challenges, the things that are important for women to talk about in this day and age, especially that we have a now normal, a new normal, right? a change normal and that there are so many things happening that we all have to move forward um, with, right? Um, and so I just wanted to talk about certain things, um, get people interested and and get people talking also about three topics. And here are the topics we're going to be talking about today. Motherhood as we know it, things that we know, things that we see, right? But I want to know your thoughts about it. I also wanted to talk about motherhood in the now normal. What are the things that are happening around us? And what are the things that we need to be prepared for as we venture into this quote-unquote new world? And then the third one is motherhood and the things we don't talk about, right? And get people to actually be brave enough um, to voice it out and, and be heard. Right, so um, I just wanted to go ahead straight into our conversation into motherhood as we know it. Um, and my first question actually would be, how would you describe motherhood to someone who is not a mom, meaning me, <laughs> right? So I'd love to know more about you and your journey as a mom. So let's start first with Mommy Kate. Mommy Kate, how is it to be a mom of eight? Oh, and it's an enjoyable ride, actually. <laughs> but, you know, when I was thinking of, of how to answer your question, this thought came to my mind. This was what my eldest daughter said. She's now 40, but when she was a little child, she said, Mommy is my first experience of God. Okay? Can you imagine that? No? And, and everything that God is, you know, compassion, love, generosity, peace, joy, that is who we are to our children. And, and so um, you're, you're such a unique and precious being, all the moms out there. But then again, um, the children will come to see later on that super mom also gets tired. Super mom also gets angry, no? In Filipino, super mom can be masungit. All right. So I, I think what's important is mothers should discover that um, that beauty inside of their hearts. They should take time to find that sacred space deep within and go there every single day to draw strength from God, who is, you know, all beautiful and all all gracious and all generous and everything that's positive. Otherwise, we're going to get burned out. So that's what I'm going to talk about in the convention. How do moms find sacred space in our busy world? That's very important, Bea. That's so beautiful, Mommy Kate. I, I loved um, what you shared. That's such a precious thing um, that our moms are our first um, experience of God. And that's so, it's so beautifully 
apt. I love, I love, I love this because that for me is true. Uh, my mom, you know, is my first experience of God. And, and that's such a beautiful thought and uh, a heartfelt message for all of our moms out there. But like what you said, you know, moms are humans, right? And we need to be able to create that sacred space. And I'm looking forward to your talk on November 29. Um, so thank you so much, Mommy Kate. Let's go with Miss Gina. Miss Gina, how would you describe motherhood to someone who is not a mom? Well, um, I have to say that was such a beautiful sharing by Kate. And um, I don't know if it's because mine are all boys or if it's because we're geeks, but I've never had that kind of profound and beautiful comment from my kids. Um, in fact, my 10-year-old the other day said something almost as good. He said, Mommy, you know what? I think you're the coolest mom. And I said, really, why? And he said, because you used to play World of Warcraft. So there you go. <laughs> Different perspective. Um, I love that. So we're, you know, we're a geek family. So we gamed with our kids when they were sort of like six and eight years old. And my two older boys are 18 and 20 now. Um, so, you know, we, we game together. That's how we bond. And, you know, that's, and, you know, we talk about all these sort of geek things as well, I guess. But um, I guess it's a similar thing, isn't it? It's all about that sense of connection um, that you have with each other, like that relationship that you have and that sense of connection. And I think it's, I think this demonstrates that that sense of connection is different for all different families, all different people, all different moms, all different kids, right? They're not all going to be um, the same and express themselves in the same way. But um, yeah, I think as a mother, I'm an unconventional mom. I'm really laid back. You know, we're geeks, we're gamers. Bobby and I are sort of as close to hippies as you could probably get, um, geek hippies. So, you know, our, our children have been raised in a pretty laid back manner, which is could have been quite worrying. <laughs> um, but in fact, so far, so good. The 18 and 20 year old have turned out pretty decent. They're still stuck here with me because they're locked down with me. Um, but, you know, I think they've turned into pretty responsible young men. So, so far, so good. But it's not too late for things to, to change. Let's see. I love your term, geek hippie. I'm going to add that to my vocabulary, Gina. I love it. So we have um, a mom of eight and a mom of three boys. Um, and my next question, because so I'm not a mom, as I mentioned, um, I would love to know your experience. What was it like for you when you guys had your first child? compared to when you guys had your last and mommy Kate I mean one to eight <laughs> go ahead yes I actually have um, six daughters and two sons no and their ages now range all the way from 26 to 40 so um, I had Sally I think when I was 23 years old she's my eldest no she's now 40 years old of course um the first child is, is always very special, especially the first grandchild on both sides, no? And the doting grandparents will provide everything, including the yayas, the cribs, the pampers, the milk, everything, no? And I remember I was uh, the dutiful mom, first uh, young mom. I had this baby book of Sal where I put the, the strands of her hair, the first haircut. Um, uh, a note on when she first took her first step or or when she said her first words and all that no? all in detail the baptism records uh, everything but then when the children came one after another Bea 
um, all of that sort of that habit sort of disappeared, no. And I just got so busy taking care of them. But the beauty of the Philippines is, since our families are very close, no, there are other adults who help um, rear the child, take care of the child. We are really surrounded by so much love by family, no, family members. So there, that's I the one that it. gave me the strength to raise the eight children. Well, they do say that it takes a village to raise a child, right? So, Mommy Kate, you had eight, eight villages, <laughs> for <Yes>. sure. <laughs> I love. Did it get easier, Mommy Kate? Yes, uh, actually, because um, I wasn't as OC, you know. Okay. Um, I just sort of uh, went into this kind of parenting mode that was just is. It just is. I let them be. You okay. know, let them be. If they will fall, fine. They'll just stand up again. You know, if they fight, then they fight. Then they'll make friends again. You know, stuff like that. So I wasn't too particular anymore about those little details. It was more like, how do I be present to the eight? Because that was a challenge, no? How do I um, give quality time to each one? And to this date, I think I have mastered that art because... Um, my children and I go out on individual dates, actually. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they will take me out on, on a date, each one of them. And, and that's the time for bonding, telling stories, what's in their hearts, what's the latest in their lives. So that was how we really stay deeply connected as mother and child. I love that. Individual dates. To all of the kids listening, take your moms out on a date. Um, and tell them stories. I love that. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. Miss Gina, three boys. Wow. How was it? Uh, you know, what was your experience? Your first boy. And then how was it when you got your third? So the first time round, <laughs> I was, um, so I was really excited. I mean, I was ready to be a mom. Like in my head, I was ready. And, you know, it happened. I was pregnant. But I remember going through my pregnancy every day thinking, when is that? proverbial maternal instinct going to kick in. I was just waiting, you know, apart from the general excitement, I didn't feel that sort of something in there telling me that I should know what I'm doing. Um, and we were getting closer and closer and closer to the date. And I remember when he was born, because he was born in the UK, so it's a little bit different, the setup. You know, you don't have as many family members around and um, you don't have as much help, you know, at home. But of course, I was lucky to have my parents. But I remember after the delivery, I was wheeled into a, a sort of two-person ward and everyone had left and they put my baby in a little sort of crib thing next to me and I was thinking am I supposed to pick him up am I what am I supposed to do nobody told me nobody gave me the instructions um and I was literally thinking I have no idea and I can't do this and then I heard the lady next door come in and she was brilliant I could hear her talking to her baby I could hear the baby cooing back everything was going right over there um, and then he started crying. So I just kind of tentatively picked him up. And, you know, I was very tentative as a mom, like all the way through, but I loved it. You know, there wasn't a moment in my mind that I, I doubted um, that I wanted to be a mom, but I just didn't feel as ready as I thought that I should be. And, you know, when you watch these TV adverts and the sort of the, the vision and the picture that's painted of a, of a good mom is that mom who's got it all going on, right? Um, and if, she, if she's a mom that doesn't have it all going on, then that's the comedy mom. It's the meme mom. Um, and I think actually, you know, not everybody knows exactly what to do or has that instinct kicking in straight away, but you figure it out. 
So bit by bit, you kind of figure it out. So I, I definitely grew into it. And exactly the same as what Kate was saying, you know, second time round, I didn't have as many books. I didn't have as much stuff. Um, I didn't panic so much. I didn't write down so many things. And then there was like an eight year gap from our second son to our youngest son. And so by the time Luke was born, nothing, right? I didn't, <laughs> I'd actually gone minimalist by then as well. So I was, you know, very, very chill. I <laughs> and love he was that. born in Singapore. Our youngest was born in Singapore. So that was a different experience altogether as well. No, absolutely. I love that you also shared um, that journey. Like, you know, you thought you were like you were ready, you were excited. Um, and then later on, you know, um, uh, those things happened, right? The different setting and you also experiencing and discovering what's it like to be a mom and learning it. I love what you said. You learn um, along the way. And I think that that's also comforting. Like that's comforting for me, like someone who is, you know, not yet in that stage, knowing that, okay, I will be fine in the future. So thank you so much for sharing that um, as well. Okay, so now um, uh, to our, our beautiful super moms, Kate and Gina, you've, you've shared wonderful like, traditions that you've had with your, with your kids and also how it has been like really connecting and bonding with them. Um, I do have to ask also, what for you guys have been the most fulfilling moment or moments of um, being a mom, mom to um, eight and mom to um, three boys. Let's start with mommy Kate. The fulfilling moments, oh, oh so much. Uh, the little things and the big things. Of course, the big things are, you know, when they get married and then you see your daughter walking down the aisle and all that, or your son who's the groom walking down the aisle and then um, you feel so happy, so fulfilled that, um, wow, Lord, I, I really did something good, you know. <laughs> but the little moments of uh, time together, of bonding, of sharing. Um, let me share with you one nice example. And this happened when John was, I think, five years old. You see, uh, Bea, to the mothers out there, we really have to be careful what we say in front of our children because they hear and they understand and they remember, okay? Now, I remember John was five and um, he was in my room. He was watching TV. I was writing on my desk. And then the house help entered and she said, uh, Manang, uh, there's a phone call for you. So me, I didn't even bother to look up from what I was doing. I just brushed her off and said, oh, just tell them I'm not here or, or I haven't arrived yet, something like that, no? Mm -hmm. So she left. And then I heard a voice at my back saying this, mommy, you just told a lie. <gasps> okay, all right. And so, man, it hit me straight in my heart. And I turned to John and I said, oh, John, I'm so sorry. And then he said, you know that Fred might need your help. So I think you should have answered that call. Oh, that's I, so I was speechless. I was speechless. But moments like this, you know, out from the mouth of babes, we learn life lessons. We're not the only ones teaching, Bea. We also learn. And, and at that moment, I realized, oh, man, it was just a white lie. Whether it's a white lie or a blue lie, I'm learning then. It is still a lie. It's still an untruth, no? So... That, that, um, that incident, that moment with John stuck to my mind and, and it, 
you know, stayed with me all the years of my life. No more telling a lie. <laughs> Even little body cannot be. Yeah. So those moments of, um, you know, the children that we have, they are a wealth, a treasure of so much soul and life and, and learnings. Our children are old souls. I'd like to believe, Bea. You are an old soul. I'm sure your mom is going to agree with me there. So that's that's what I wanted to share with you. These bonding moments are very precious to me. That's such a precious story, Mommy Kate. I mean, that's such a beautiful thing. I mean, I loved what you said because we're able to learn from one another. And, you know, as a as a child myself, I would love to... You know, I would like to think, right, that I'm able to also impart that comfort and love um, and wisdom to our parents as well, right? So thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a beautiful, touching moment. Um, and John's my friend, so I know exactly. <laughs> I know that's why I was like, oh, that's so John. <laughs> so I love it. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. How about you, Gina? What are some of the most fulfilling moments for you? So I think like, you know, what Kate said, there's so many uh, moments, big and small, right? And we tend to document and photograph the big ones. And those are the ones that we saw, you know, put in our photo albums or store on our digital files and all the rest of it. But it really is those small moments that get burned into our memory. And I think with kids, like for me, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because I've got a, a 10 year old now and then my eldest is 20. And he's a man, right? I'm looking at him and I'm seeing every day more and more he's becoming his own person. But I think where I feel sort of I've done my job, a little bit of a sort of silent pat on the back for myself is when I hear them standing up for something they believe in, right? Because I really raise my kids not to even take my opinion as a given, to, to learn, to explore, to understand the world through their own eyes and try and see things, you know, with their heart, their mind, their soul, everything, experience it and make their own decisions. I don't want them to be sort of told to believe a certain thing or told to behave a certain way, but really understand. And, you know, I'm starting to see sometimes, especially my, my 18 year old, right? He's very opinionated about human rights and politics and all these things. And, and I'm not, but I love seeing that in him, that he's, he's willing to like speak up about it. Um, and actually, well, of course, the younger one is also learning from his brother. So he's now cheeky um, for that age, has a lot of opinions about things. And um, but, you know, I think I, I compromise. I don't want to be the type of mother that tells my kids like, you know, don't talk back to me like, oh, don't you know, you shouldn't say that. That's the wrong thing, because I don't think it serves them in future. Mm -hmm. Like when they become adults and they have to be out there going up against difficult people that believe different things, it, it won't always serve them. But um, there's something that I remember and my, um, it was one of my members actually, she wrote a beautiful article for Mother's Day and the title was The Last Time I, ca I Carried My Child. And I was like, what is this article? I'm not really like a, you know, I was just, I'm not really like very much in the mothering space, but it was Mother's Day. So we po posted this article and I read it and it was just about how suddenly children grow up. And can you even remember the last time that you picked up your child? And um, I was thinking about my two older boys and I was like, you know, I can't remember the last time that I actually could still pick them up. Um, so with my youngest now, I'm very conscious. Every day I'm like, I'm gonna pick you up now. I don't really <laughs> say it like that. So treasure every moment, even the, the difficult. I love that, treasuring the moments even when it's difficult. Um, so thank you so much, Miss Gina. 
Um, uh, and, and and I love what you said. I, I'm, I wonder if my mom remembers when the last time she picked me up. I'm I'm 33, so I, I don't, I'm not sure if she remembers the last time that she picked me up, um, or my brother, because um, uh, he's like bigger than all of us now. So. Yeah, I should ask her that question also earlier. So once again, for Miss Gina, treasure all of the moments, even if um, uh, they are difficult. All right, um, ladies, um, what I also wanted to check in with with um, you guys is, you know, also motherhood now in this now normal. So you guys have shared such beautiful stories about how you how you've raised your children. Um, And, and how you've seen them really blossom, their big wins, their, their little wins, and the bonding moments that you guys have shared. Now, we have so many mothers who are venturing into this adventure as, as new moms or as expecting mothers or, or um, uh, you know, dreaming mothers, right? In this now normal, in this now normal where there's so many changes, there's so many things happening every single day, um, changing left and right. And I wanted to know your thoughts on motherhood in the now normal, right? So that we can also impart like, you know, wisdom and advice or, or insights to our moms who, who are venturing into this, into this new space. What do you, are the big shifts happening in mama land because of the now normal, because of the changes that not only COVID-19, but, but you know, the, the, the technological advances of this new world because of what's happening in the now normal. Mommy Kate, let's start with you. Um, what are the big shifts that you're seeing in Mama Land? Well, um, what I'm seeing now is this, no? like I had to provide some kind of a direction to my children, uh, especially like, for example, Bea. I also have a Bea, you know, and she's an interior uh, designer uh, for um, healthy options. She, she does their visual merchandising display, creatives, etc. And then she was thinking of something to do on the side. So I told her, Bea, why don't you create a journal or gift cards of, of you know, your travels, sketch them and, and do something. And that's exactly what she did. No? She created journals that featured scenes from her trips to uh, Portugal and Spain and Korea. And then she drew them beautifully in her journals and in her gift cards. She's now selling them as Christmas gifts. And when she posted this uh, on her Instagram, you know, the order started to pour in. So that's one. It's it, a mother is there to, you know, light that spark in their hearts for something new. And then my daughter, Marga, who's uh, with the uh, Union Bank. She's used to be with HR for a long time, but now she moved to marketing. Um, she was also looking at something to do, and she loves to cook. So she partnered with her best friend, Kara. See, I also have a Kara in my story, like you have a Kara in your home. And uh, they put together a sushi bake business. Oh, wow. Which is uh, selling like crazy. So you might like to try that. And then Chrissy, my youngest, my youngest, she's a, uh, with the Meridian International School as director for student affairs. And looking for something to do, she uh, monetized her, 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 her skills for uh, graphic design and all that. No? And then my eldest Sally, who is a filmmaker, She's now providing technical su support for companies that want to do virtual online events. Nice. So it's, it's a mother is like a, a beacon of light. 
you know, you show them new paths. That's what I'm doing in the new normal also. I love it. It's about being able to also get them into um, the space of um, looking for opportunities, right? And growing, right? Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Mommy Kate. Gina, how about you? I mean, aside also from from your kids, um, but what you've been seeing also in Connected Women, because you guys are in tech, right? Um, what are the big shifts that you are seeing in, in the now normal, especially for moms? So I think, in some ways, this has been a really good opportunity for us to look at how we do things, right? Um, Connected Women has been advocating for remote work for women since 2014 in Singapore. So before we became a company, we were already you know, advocating for this because in my networks in the UK and Singapore and now here, so many women leave the workforce after they have kids just because it's not practical to get to the workspace and you know because of traffic or whatever else. Um, or because the timings of traditional work don't suit family for the most part, unless you have help or you can really make it work. So, you know, even in the US, around 43% of women quit their jobs after they have kids. This isn't the normal normal. <laughs> um, that's a wow. shocking amount of talent draining out of the workforce. And, you know, so when we came back um, to the Philippines, we were really saying to companies, you have to look at remote and flexible work for women if you want to retain women leaders in your companies, if you want to get access to the best talent, if you want to lift up that one half of the economy um, that is kind of forced out of the workforce, I guess, because they make a choice to be um, moms or raise their kids. Um, so, you know, we've already been going on about this a lot, but um, a lot of companies were not ready. They, they, they want to know, well, how how will productivity be? How will I know they're working if I can't see them when they're at home? You know, how will it even work? We don't have systems and tools for that. And all of a sudden now there's no excuse, right? You can now open your doors to these opportunities and, and bring women back into the workforce. No, absolutely. And and to touch on that also, Gina, um, um, I would love to know what you, th you've been doing remote work, like what you said, advocating it since 2014. And we're, you know, six years later, we're here. We were all forced to make it work, right? Um, but also, of course, with, with everybody forced, you know, in the, in the remote, um, remote work or work from home setting, there's also a lot of things that we need to do to take care of the home at the same time, take care of um, your work, right? So how are moms dealing with this setup? right that you know they have to work but at the same time take care of the house or the home or their children well it's really challenging to be you know to be fair but i mean the way that we have to think about it i think is that work is work right so if you are going to an office every day you're definitely not going to be there to take your take care of your kids or your house so how would you do it under normal circumstances? There has to be some kind of blocking of time, some boundaries, um, some management of time, right? So when you work from home, you should manage your time in a very similar way. If you need support, um, you know, carers or support in your home to be able to go to work in an office, you should also try, unless you really, really can't afford um, to have help or some help, you know, even if it's just partial through the, out, through the day for some hours, while you work, it's, it will be challenging. So I think a lot of people are shocked right now um, because they're trying to do it all. And, um, you know, we teach our ladies about how to work from home productively. And a big part of that is time management, 
and setting boundaries. So my kids have been raised with me working from home. And so it would be super unusual that they would interrupt me when I'm working. They find their way around and they know that, you know, I'm not available. It's just as if I'm not here, unless it was an emergency. Um, but yeah, and but I think in Philippines it's extra challenging because we have extended family, right? So, you know, some of my team um, have that challenge where it's not necessarily their kids, but it's like their Lola wants them to go to buy some eggs for them. And the Lola doesn't appreciate the fact that when they're looking on their phone and doing social media, that that's actually work related. <laughs> so, you know, you have to explain to your family members what your work is all about and let them understand that your work is important and that, you know, that they need to give you the space and respect your, your space and your boundaries as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Gina. Mommy Kate, you also mentioned space, the importance of space earlier. And I know you're going to be talking about this on November 29, about being able to create that sacred space. But maybe you could also add to what Gina mentioned earlier. Like if we are looking at how to take care of our own work in our own space by setting boundaries, how do we take care? Um, how do we do self-care? Maybe can you add to that from your perspective? Actually, when I talk about a sacred space, it's actually taking time to be quiet and still. It's more uh, having a long time with God, no? going into silence and solitude. Um, I've seen that from this practice, abundance and richness will flow. Much of the uh, questions about life that I ask are answered when I go into prayer. So it also gives me an extra boost of uh, what love, caring, kindness, healing. You know, um, it allows mothers to recharge their batteries. It's as simple as that, you know, like at the end of the day, you have to plug in your cell phone and recharge its batteries. That's how the moms can recharge their souls now. When we go to quiet, and allow ourselves to just be with God in silence. No words, no thought. It's just being present to a great presence whom we know loves us totally and completely and will heal all the wounds of our minds and our hearts and will give us the strength to be the mothers that he has created us to be. You know, mothers are wonderful creations of God. They are, what, what do I call, um, magnificent creations of God. All the mothers out there who are listening, you are amazing creations of God. And Gina is right. We didn't learn how to become a mom, but we learn along the way. And what gives us the wisdom and the light and the strength and the heart is that silence, you know, that connection to God in the deepest part of ourselves. I love that. I'm learning so much from the two of you guys. This is like um, a, a crash course for me. And, and it's, it's so empowering to know that, you know, um, you know th these are the lessons that, you know, really touch the heart as well. I loved what you said, uh, Mommy Kate, about being present for yourself and um, a higher or bigger presence because sometimes we forget that that's how we actually have to recharge. Um, uh, thank you also for reminding us that while our moms are magnificent super women, they're also human, right? And, and we also need to be able to give them that space 
and that energy for them to to recharge. So thank you for sharing that. I love that our conversation has already gone through the different world changes and the things that you know we also have to see um, from a from a mother's point of view, right? Being able to look at you know motherhood and taking care of what we know, but at the same time the changes that we have to go through in the now normal. Um, I feel like we also need to be able to talk about the things that we don't talk about, right? And that's actually the reason why we have MamaCon, right? Is to be able to bring to light things that mothers wonder about, but we're unable to voice it out or it's not being talked about enough. And so my question actually is, for you guys, what are the concerns of moms that are not talked about in the open, um, and, and why is it so important that these issues should be brought to light or should be talked about more often? And let's start first with Gina. Gina, for you, what, what are some of these um, concerns or, or issues that we should be talking about? So I'm going to come from the tech angle again, because I think this is a really scary space for a lot of moms. Um, I mean, let's face it, most of our kids, mine included, are more technically savvy than we are, right? I mean, it's practically impossible to be more technically savvy than they are if they're accessing tools and the internet and everything else through school and in their own time. We can limit their access to screens for sure, but we can't limit their knowledge, the knowledge that they gain. Um, so it's difficult for parents, right? Because how do you parent a child in a world that is really not familiar to us? Um, I would say that I'm one of the lucky ones because I've done gaming, um, online gaming. So I know what's happening in that world, right? I have a bit of visibility of how the online gaming works and the challenges and the risks and all of this. But for some parents, they probably are very unaware of the dangers posed um, in some of these seemingly innocent places, right? Online places. I know that there are some that we talk about a lot, but there are some that are sort of hidden potential dangers, like online games that look like, look like just normal games. Um, so I think one of the things that I've always talked about doing, and I don't know if I'll ever do it, but maybe now that I've put it out there, I will, is running an online gaming session for moms. Like get your World of Warcraft character or something and play some online gaming in online. You can experience what this is, right? Um, and there's a rule in our house, right? I mean, we eat dinner together every night, but we have some um, unspoken respect for games that you can't pause. So some games you can sort of pause and exit and save, right? But some games you're in the middle of it. You can't just leave because you're with other people there. It would be so rude and you know you get stuck into it. So if we call the kids down for dinner, like dinner time and say, sorry, I can't pause yet. We respect that because we know like you can't just leave. <laughs> um, it's like being on an important call, I guess, for, for us, right? So, so things like that. But I think moms need to try it out so that they, they understand what's going on because then they can be more informed and maybe less afraid um, and guide their children better. I love that. I, I totally think, Gina, that you should do it. We should, we should really do something. We, we will make it our next project together. Um, an online gaming session for moms. Um, I totally, totally support that. How about you, Mommy Kate? For you, what are, what are some of the concerns of moms that are not being talked about enough in the open? Well, I think one concern of a mom is what if one of your daughters is a boy? Mm. Okay. Um, this is something that uh, may not be acceptable to society in general or to family members in general. But, you know, when I found out and I asked Chrissy 
before I came on this podcast, if I could talk about her. And, and she said, of course, no, Chris is my youngest uh, child. And uh, when she revealed to me that she was a boy, um, I just embraced her very tightly. And then she asked me, is that okay? I said, yes, because you're my child. You know, it's not easy for, for children to come out in the open and tell the parent, like a daughter that I'm a boy or a boy that I am, I, I, I have a, you know, inclinations of being female and stuff like that. But when this happens to you in your home, um, I think that you will embrace all. Kasi anak mo yun. Diba? In the same manner that you embrace others, other people in their strengths and weaknesses. No? Um, when you come face to face with it because it's there before you, it's your child. You know, it's, it's really love. Love is so pure that you do not discriminate whether I'm going to love you less because, you know, you're a girl and now you're, you're acting like a boy. No, it can't be like that. So, Bea, that's one thing that um, I think has strengthened the, the bond in our family. Um, it was a challenge for her to be accepted by everyone. But I think when they saw that the mom was the most accepting of all, then all the other children had no recourse but to follow suit because they probably felt that love, the love that explains everything without having to say anything anymore there mommy kate such a beautiful sherry and thank you so much for being so open um cheers and hugs to to chrissy as well to both of you for bringing that out in the open because that is something that is um a concern or something that is not talked about enough as well and i love that you brought it out in the open Actually, when you were sharing this, Mommy Kate, I went to what Sally said. The very first question that I asked you earlier, which is that moms are, you know, our first connection or our first experience of God, which is love that is all-encompassing, all open, and um, it's just a huge and loving embrace of who we are um, as God's creation. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that that's something that should be brought to light. Um, and that our moms can feel that this is a safe space for them to exchange not only their feelings, right, but also ideas on how to on how to um, to bring this to light on on maybe some um, you know uh, maybe tips and tricks or recommendations, right, or insights. So thank you so much, Mommy Kate, for sharing that. And big hug, big hug to you and Chrissy as well. I do have a question for both of you guys. You you've brought to light, um, you know, different kinds of concerns that different moms are thinking about or are experiencing and should be discussed. But my question is, why do you think that there are certain issues that moms are not vocal about? I mean, we don't have to go through all of those issues, right? But why do you think moms are not as vocal about certain? issues why are things not put in the open as much why do you guys think Gina let's start with you so I think you know most of the time 
I mean, I really salute you, Kate, you know, for sharing that story and for Chrissy to allow her story to be shared as well. Because, and I was very touched. I was actually looking for my tissues because I was wondering if I might break <laughs> down a little bit um, and I couldn't find them. So thankfully, I managed to get it back together again. But, um, you know, this is a real challenge, right? When, when things happen that we don't expect, um, then how do we deal with it, right? And that's part of parenting. It really is. I mean, you know, you can look at the books and you can read the books and you can talk to everyone, but at the end of the day, you're only going to experience it in your own way. And I think while Kate was speaking, I was thinking love by example. Those words just went into my mind. I don't know where they came from, but you know, love by example. And in our home, we have this, we have a rule, right? That we started when the kids were very young. And it's as long as you tell the truth, then you won't get in trouble. We'll support you. So just for small things, like they break something, instead of hiding that they broke it and not saying something, they come to us, they tell us, even if I'm fuming, right? I'll just, you know, I'll control it. If they see me fuming, they'll say, mommy, remember the rule. If we come and tell the truth, then we won't get in trouble. So it's like a, we call it the honesty amnesty. Um, and I think that's worked really well because even difficult things, our kids have been able to be relatively open um, with us as, you know. And so I think, it's always the fear of being judged, right? It's a similar thing for moms. Like, oh, if I say this, then people will judge me because they'll say that, you know, I'm not a good mom. And people are judgmental, right? They'll be the, sometimes your friends, your family members who love you the most are the ones that will discourage you, that will make you feel um, small, negative. And it's not because they're, they're trying to discourage you or trying to be bad. It's because they have very strong beliefs um, mm -hmm. and they believe that those beliefs are the correct beliefs. And... Um, you know, they feel that they're doing the right thing. I always talk about this when women want to start businesses, right? But every time you're going to say, I want to start a business, there'll definitely be at least 10 people in your life that will tell you that it's a terrible, terrible, risky, silly, bad idea, and that you should just stick with what you do, right? But then there's that one friend who will say, you know what, I think you should go for it. I think you should do it, you know? Um, or I think you can do this. So, you know, we have to find those spaces where we know that people will support us regardless of of you know what that is whether they agree or not and and learn to sort of quieten down those external negative voices and the internal negative voices which are the worst a fear of being judged and all the rest and and i, I just remember now you know kate and her loving by example and everything else will follow I love that. Loving by example and creating that safe space for moms to just breathe it out and and um, be able to just be, right? And I also love what you said, um, honesty, amnesty. I'm going to take that with me as well, Gina. Thank you so much. Mommy Kate, how about you? What are your thoughts on this one? Well, I agree a lot with what Gina said. No, um, The world is beautiful, but there's a part of the world that's, that can be unkind. And this is what's probably holding a lot of mothers back, you know, to, to express what they feel, to share their thoughts. And, and what you are doing, Bea, this convention is actually creating um, a safe place for moms to be able to, to um, share the voice of their soul, to, to speak who they are, you know, to share their thoughts, you know, their, their experiences about life. And um, I think that's very important what you're doing. So this is a start. And if you want to continue these conversations, then Gina and I will be here to support you by all means. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. And thank you so much, Gina. I mean, that was actually the perfect segue. Um, 
that is the goal of MamaCon um, and, and us coming together and making this happen is because we really just feel that there is, we should be able to have that space, that support system for women, for mothers to just come together, support each other. Um, uh, and like what you said, to really just find a safe space where we can exchange ideas, where we can talk about important issues to empower each other and lift everybody up. You know, I know that there is that that part of the world that is unfortunately unkind, but kindness is where um, uh, the strength lies, um, especially for women. So at that point, ladies, I would like to invite everybody who's listening in this podcast to be part of this conversation, not just only to our moms and to the women out there, but to our friends, um, to our um, male listeners, to our best friends, to our fathers, to our brothers, please join us. Be part of this conversation because it is that safe space that we want to have. You know, as a women-owned and women-led company, Team Asia's gift, um, this, is, this event is our gift to the most important women on the planet. And that's you to our wonderful mama. So MamaCon 2020, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be on November 28th. That's a Saturday from 2 o'clock to 7.10 p.m. And November 29th, Sunday from 2 o'clock to 4.20 p.m. on Zoom. We have over 15 power women from different walks of life, six intimate discussions about topics we dare not say aloud already. Our mommy Kate and superwoman Jean already talked about some of those things. We've got two riveting days of insightful discussions and unpopular opinions and one event that you should not miss. Again, it's going to be November 28 to 29. Our early bird rate is 1,200 pesos. And this comes out with a loot bag. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And we are actually extending our early bird rates until today, November 22. So get your tickets and sign up via www.mamacon.teamasia.com or just follow us on Facebook. You're going to be seeing it on our podcast so that you can... Um, catch us um, at MamaCon 2020. Gina is going to be talking about the working mama in the working mama session. So please check it out. She's going to talk about tech. She's going to be talking about connected women and all of the other things that she's brought to light today. We have a mommy Kate who will be speaking on day two and she's going to be talking about mama on top because that's who we all are, the mama on top. And she's going to be sharing also um, uh, the sacred space and recharging our batteries, as she mentioned earlier. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot thank Kate and Gina enough for being part of this wonderful discussion. It has been so fruitful, so meaningful, and my heart is just about to explode with um, so many insights and love for these two wonderful women. Ladies, uh, Mommy Kate and Miss Gina, I would love to know um, what food for thought we can give our listeners today on our topic, which is really unmasking motherhood and talking about the things that we should be bringing out in the open. Here at B2B, we always end the podcast with like a food for thought for our listeners to bring with them throughout the weekend and for the rest of their week, like a power mantra, right? So I just wanted to check in with the two of you guys. What would be your food for thought on unmasking or unearthing what's really in our core? Let's start first with Mommy Kate. Mommy Kate, what's your food for thought this weekend? I just want all the mothers to know, again, that you are magnificent, you are beautiful, you're amazing masterpieces of God's creation. You are loved 
and you are love. So go out there and just love your children as best as you can. It's okay to make mistakes because they know we love them totally and completely anyway. Love that. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. That is our power song to our women out there and to our mothers. Go out there and love because you are loved and you are loved. Love that. Love that, Mommy Kate. Miss Gina, what is our food for thought for our listeners for today and this week? So as you can probably tell, mamas come in all different shapes and sizes. Kate and I like chalk and cheese, but at the heart of it, you know, the heart of a mama, I think, is always the same. So remember, you know, there's no right or wrong way to be a mom. Just be the mom that you are and discover it along the way and have fun on the journey as well. You know, you don't have to get everything right. You don't have to know all the answers. Just, you know, relax and remember that you know, this is what you were born to be. So just go there and, and be surrounded by amazing women who will walk the journey with you as well. Don't do it all on your own because you really don't need to do that. I love that. You are not alone, mama. You've got a village that is there to raise you up and raise your children as well. We're all here to support you. Thank you so much, Miss Gina. You know, th- um, you know, talking to the two of you and listening to all of your insights and 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 beautiful stories. What kept gnawing at me um, is actually going to be my reality bite for this week, my own reality bite, which is also my food for thought. Um, I couldn't help but think one of the things that. Um, it's actually plastered on my mom's wall. She has a post-it <laughs> that my sister wrote for her and we all sort of like tell her that all the time. Home is where your mom is. And I think that that's something that we just really want to share with all the mamas out there. We are putting together MamaCon where, where our mommy Kate and Miss Gina are going to be such great speakers in because we want to be able to create a safe space, a home for all moms to just come together with open hearts, open minds, just sharing ideas, even those things that we don't want to bring out into the open because we all deserve a space where we can be, we can love, and we can have fun. So once again, home is where your mama is. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, your mamas are going to be at MamaCon 2020 from November 28 to 29, together with Miss Kate and Miss Gina um, uh, with us next weekend. Once again, Miss Gina and Mommy Kate, thank you so much for joining us and for being part of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions, please tune in to our social media. You know we're on Facebook. You know we're on Instagram. You know where we are um, on LinkedIn as well. And our wonderful website, www.teamasia.com so that you can get all of the information that you need on MamaCon 2020. I'd also like to take this opportunity for Miss Kate and Miss Gina to also share where you can find out more information about their organizations. Mommy Kate, where can they find out more about Kayani? They can go to www.kayani.com. They can email me at kbeldocilio at kayanicorp.com. And I'll also give you my mobile number if you want to continue these conversations. That's 0918-933-5404. There. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. Um, so tune in to whatever Kayani is going to be doing. They're fantastic. They are love. Thank you so much, Mommy Kate. And Miss Gina, tell us where to find out more about Connected Women. 
So you can visit our website, connectedwomen.com. And if you'd like to join our Facebook group, we have a huge Philippines Facebook group of around 35,000 members, um, very, very active. So lots of support happening there. So just search for hashtag connectedwomen on Facebook and you will find us. And I also have my own personal page um, on Facebook and Instagram. It's I am Gina Romero. Awesome. So don't forget that, guys, to find out more about Connected Women. They are on Facebook and you can also follow Miss Gina at I am Gina Romero. Once again, thank you to our beautiful super mamas and super women, Miss Kate and Miss Gina for being part of this Breakfast to Business episode. To, to all of our listeners, you guys were just given such a beautiful and insightful conversation on unmasking motherhood. We're continuing the conversation next week, so don't miss out. Maraming salamat. Let's have a wonderful weekend and another great week ahead. Thank you and let's have fun.